Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this late starting edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, and we are coming to you from a freshly mowed property, at least part of it anyway. The time, 819 on the East Coast, 519 on the Left Coast, and all times in between all around the world. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and joining us each and every week. We certainly appreciate it. We appreciate the indulgence that everybody shares with us uh, as the host occasionally travels down rabbit holes and uh, spends time with his beautiful and lovely granddaughter while on the air. Um, She's only a baby once, and uh, so when I get an opportunity to play with her a minute, I'm a gunner. Now, having said that, as many of you know, we we go wherever and whenever on the show, if a topic interests us or interests one of our listeners, we attempt to go over it and talk about it and and get you some facts and figures. Um, Some stuff we don't cover in depth. Um, It's not because it don't interest us, but there's a lot of things to cover. So as I lead into programming, sometimes I've got clear ideas of where I want to go. Sometimes I don't have clear ideas and have to kind of, you know, put it together at the last minute and say, okay, well, I've got it. So I wanted to point a couple of facts out, not because we're going to be covering it in depth because we're not, but I just wanted to make everybody aware of a couple of statistics. A person disappears in the United States every 12 seconds. Okay. Every 12 seconds, an individual in these here United States will be reported missing. Think about that. That's a lot of people. Here's you another statistic. In this country, every four seconds, every four seconds, someone is sexually molested. 
whether that is an unwanted touch, a comment, a whatever. They're sexually harassed slash molested in this country. What surprised me the most when I looked up those numbers today was how many men report that they're sexually harassed. Nearly 32% of all cases deal with men. Now, I decided to dig a little deeper in that and see, but of those statistics, 48%, so it's almost dead even, are male-on-male complaints versus female-on-male complaints. Well, Malcolm, I know we do. We have so, been. something to... Uh, Keep in mind, and, and yeah, for those of you out there that, that get sexually harassed or, or have been abused, tell somebody. You know, however you choose to handle it, however you feel that you need to proceed with it, you do need to at least tell somebody. A confidant, a friend, a pastor, um, if you're a guy, you probably don't want to tell a priest. Could probably go tell the local Baptist minister. But in all seriousness, for those of you out there that that deal with that and struggle with that, or have been molested by family members or uh, close friends of your family, whatever, tell somebody. Keeping it in will only exacerbate the issue. All right. Now that I've started off on a deep dark topic. One of the things that I've been asked to cover multiple times is the Constitution. And uh, to just put it bluntly, I be loving the Constitution. So I decided that we should take a look this evening at Article 1, Section 8 of the wonderful Constitution. Okay? And the Section 8 is often known as the enumerated powers. Okay? And so we're going to go through them. And we're going to discuss why Congress gets away with as much as they do, with as much wide latitude as they do, given these 19 enumerated powers. Some of the language is going to be antiquated, so I'll I'll try to translate for you. The first power of the of Congress is to lay and collect taxes, duties, import. It's called imposts and excises to pay debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises must be uniform throughout the United States. Basically, Congress can tax you. They can tax you in the name of defense and in general welfare, i.e. those wonderful, wonderful programs that prop people up. The second one, which I think we should take away from, is to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Now, many people don't know, but the credit of the United States is actually its people and the man hours that they're able to work. Most people didn't know that. Most people think it's based on the gold or silver or the resources that the United States has to pay off that debt. The answer is no. It is the man hours that we can work or the potential man hours that we work. Number three. To regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Native American tribes. The wonderful Department of Commerce. And later we're going to talk about the Commerce Clause, which is one of those catch-alls to let Congress do whatever the heck they want to do. But you have to have uniform trade with other countries, hence we hear President Trump negotiating a lot of the trade deals. This is why this is what gives the authority, because then he has to have it ratified. 
in what they call interstate commerce, you will find that it has to be uniform as well, and that's regulated by the feds. Number four, to establish an uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. Naturalization, how to become a citizen. Bankruptcy, how to go broke. There's rules to go broke. Okay, and while there is some humor in the fact that there are rules to go broke, uh, it's the truth. All right, number five. To coin money, regulate the value thereof and a foreign coin, and fix the standard weights and measures. Now, weights and measures isn't used so much anymore, except in our commodity exchanges when you hear about a troy ounce of this or a troy ounce of that. That's a pure ounce of whatever they're talking about. And that's what it refers to as weights and measures. But the United States government has the authority to print money and to assign value to it. Without that assigned value, the money that we carry around in our wallets, whether it be coin, uh, with the exception of the penny, would be exactly worthless. To provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and the current coin of the United States. In, a, in effect, they do have an organization that was created by one Ulysses S. Grant, and we know it as the Secret Service. That is the Secret Service's primary job, is to protect the United States money supply throughout the world. Their secondary job, but one they're most famous for, is protecting uh, the president and dignitaries. Excuse me, they, they take, they do what with the money? The United States Secret Service protects our money supply. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Another enumerated power, I think we're up to number seven, to establish post offices and post roads. Now, post roads uh, is not really used much anymore. That's regulated to the states to maintain the roads, but used to, they would have roads that would go from post office to post office. in the United States or their appointee uh, in the early days it was Western Union was the mail carrier. To promote the progress of science and useful arts by security by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. Ah, welcome to the patent office and the trademark office and the uh, registration office. But copyrights, patents, and trademarks all go through this office and is granted authority to the United States by the Constitution, and that's primarily for uniformity reasons. Now, Here is one that's very important, very, very important, because this one goes back to President Bush. To constitute or to create tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court. I think there was a big discussion one program about this, and someone felt that tribunals were the end all, and... Uh, They do circumvent the court system all except for the Supreme Court. The nine justices of the Supreme Court is it, the final law. They interpret the law and their decision is final. There is no appellate process, whether it be through Congress or otherwise. To define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations. Welcome to the United Nations. Or the precursor, the precursor of this was the League of Nations and the framers 
the framers felt that we had to have something in place uh, that this was not in place under the Articles of Confederation. Because to be honest, a lot of them didn't expect uh, to become this this big uh, entity that they have become as the United States. And so the Constitution allowed for being able to address that issue. Here's the next one, and Congress actually has given up a tad bit of this authority because the, the President does have some authority on this after 2002. But the next one is to, def- excuse me, uh, and by the way, the piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations, that's just basically dealing with maritime law and law in international waters, which is obviously evolving. So, all right, and we go to to declare war, grant letters, letters of marquee and reprisal, and make rules concerning captures on land and water what the Founding Fathers were smoking when they did this one. I don't know. But I'm thinking I'm thinking Benjamin Franklin may have had something to do with this one. Congress has the authority to declare war. They have the authority to... Uh, a letter of marquee, by the way, was a government license uh, that authorized a private person uh, to attack and capture vessels of a nation at war with the issuer. These, a lot of times, you would hear them called uh, mariners. Mm. Or you would, oh, what is the other name for them? There's another name. Uh, But privateer was their original name. But the United States, before the creation of a full navy, would give authority to private vessels to basically capture enemy ships. Okay, and then the rules concerning capture... um, originally started out with prize courts, and what we did was um, we've actually changed a lot of that so that it's there, but that's one of their authorities. It's just not used very much. Here's another one, very very important. To raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. I don't understand that. Okay. Basically what they're saying is that the United States government can appropriate monies to support the military, but it has to be in two-year increments, which is why President Trump was all excited he got a two-year bill so he don't have to fight it in this budget. Okay. That's why the military is often done on an appropriations basis so they can avoid the budget fight. Oh, okay. They have the authority to provide and maintain a navy. To make rules for the government and regulation of land and naval forces. And basically, the regulation of land and naval forces, you're going to know it more as the UCMJ, or the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Okay. Congress has the right to oversee that. Congress generally lets the Joint Chiefs handle that, but Congress has the ultimate authority to approve or decline that. Would that be JAG? Um, well, FAG is in there. FAG is part of it. JAG, not FAG. To provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, and repress or repel invasions. This has to do with the Insurrection Insurrection Act of 1807, uh, and it allows the president to deploy military troops within the United States to put down lawlessness, insurrection, and rebellion. The general purpose is to limit it. It basically limits presidential power, and it allows state and local governments to kind of oversee that. Um don't get too excited for those of you who think we should deploy all the troops down at the border and turn them loose in sanctuary cities and start rounding up, folks. Um, that pesky little posse comitatus gets in the way there. 
um, to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia and for governing such part of them as may be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to the states respectfully, listen to me now, the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the discipline prescribed by Congress. Basically, the governors of the states, National Guards, have the authority to promote their own officers, to appoint their own officers. Um, You'll notice that with each new governor, there is a new commanding officer of most guard units overall. So the Tennessee National Guard, Arkansas National Guard, the Arkansas Air Wing, the Tennessee Air Wing, the Indiana National Guard. I think they finally upgraded to muskets from uh, corn husks. Uh, But... uh, Cute. don't feel bad. Wisconsin just stopped using cheese. The stinky cheese. Okay. Number 18. To exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district. That would be Washington, D.C. It's known as the district. And the district, by the way, is not is not to be ever more than 10 miles square. As may by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of the government of the United States and to exercise like authority of all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and others, uh, basically military bases. Why wasn't the District of Columbia ever made a state? It can't be a state. It, the District of Columbia is technically not part of the United States. It's its own entity. But they have electoral votes. They sure don't. But thanks for asking. I thought, I thought they did. I thought they, they sure don't. Two. They sure don't. They've got a representative in Congress, but they have no vote. That's why you'll see, if you ever see a District of Columbia license plate, it will say taxation without representation on it. I know that, but when they called it for Hillary Clinton, what were they calling? The people in the district have a vote. The people can vote. But as far as any, any representative... The individual, because here's how the district works. The district's government is overseen by Congress. The mayor and the and the city council have no authority whatsoever. They're they're basically they they've been neutered. If they want money for anything in the district, they have to go to a congressional committee that oversees the district. So in other words, the the popular vote reigns in the District of Columbia. Well, the popular vote in the District of Columbia will always go to Democrats. There's there's a little less than 800,000 people that live in the district, and 600,000 of them are of color. So just think about that. Yeah. Wow. Uh... The district, the, the district will never be a state. The district will never be it, it. It is what it is. It's the seat of power for the federal government. Federal government owns the property. Maryland, Virginia, uh, all agreed to give up a little swath for that, and that's how it is. It was actually deeded to Washington. Hmm. And the final enumerated powers to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers and all other powers vested by this Constitution in the government of the United States or any department or officer thereof. Welcome to well, the that's second... that's a broad generalization. Welcome to the second part that allows for very broad interpretation. So let's go back to circa 2010. 
may have even been 2009, when Obamacare was working its way through the Congress. And they hurried it through. They skipped over the Senate because they didn't have the Senate. And they rushed it to the president's desk. He signed it, and somebody sued. Well, not to go through Senate was unconstitutional. John Roberts, correct. John Roberts decided that the only reason they were allowing it to go through is because it fell under what? The Commerce Clause. Taxation. No, it fell under the Commerce Clause. Oh, okay. Well, and that's not they listed it. They listed it. And he and he argued it was not. Remember? I'm aware of what he did. That's why they allowed it to go through. It went through under the Commerce Clause. Okay, and so the the argument now is if if it were to go back through and make it to the Supreme Court, this court, they would strike it down. Okay, but the reason that the 19 enumerated powers in Congress goes out of them is because of the Commerce Clause and because of enumerated power number 19. It says, make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution. And so then they take it um, yeah, they push the envelope on this. And if people here's the problem you're going to run into. Nobody wants to challenge these laws because then the fear is, is that they'll restrict It'll lead to a rebranding of the 19 enumerated powers, okay, and a rebranding of the 19 enumerated powers, or as some very dim-witted, non-educated, or excuse me, ill-educated people in constitutional law would have you believe a convention of states solves this problem, and that they could address this in a convention of states. And sorry, but... No. No, they won't. No. Um, but having said that, don't want to head down that hole. Well, it seems to me that after reading these laws, powers, that Congress isn't really doing their job. Well... Congress is, but they're stretching. They're stretching it a bit. Matter of fact, they're stretching yeah. it a whole lot. Hang on a minute. You know. How is it supporting the Constitution when they're when they've got presidential candidates that are arguing for Medicare for all? And how is it that they're you know that they talk about the constant impeachment of the president and that that somehow or another constitutes them doing their jobs? You're, you know, the bottom line is they're not. She's right. And they're, they're actually, they took an oath of office to be in Congress, and they're violating it by promoting something that is con- unconstitutional by me- meaning the Medicare for all. Government health care is unconstitutional on its face, as is gun regulations. Well, they can campaign on anything they want. I mean, nothing's stopping them from doing that. It's just that they're so uh, hysterical right now because... No, they should be stopped from doing that because well, they, Congress, they took an oath to support the Constitution. And they're not... I actually, I actually the, the political analyst in me says let them keep doing this. Yeah. Okay. I get uh, that. I understand that wholly. The, but, it, but letting them continue to do something that is unconstitutional in this manner is showing our young people that you know they could possibly potentially be right about the socialism. And you and I both no, know they're not. I think I think letting them do this. Okay, I've been watching polling data over the past several weeks since the Mueller report has come out fully. And and I'm just going to tell you, this whole situation is swinging away from the Democrats. The mm-hmm. Democrats had it about 52 
at the release of the report, they were still, you know, in charge of this particular issue, if only by a few points. Now they're not. Um, uh, <laughs> Representative Cohen uh, from the Ninth District in Tennessee sitting up there eating a bucket of chicken. Yeah. Uh, that was just stupid. Uh, very he bad taste. I called his office in D.C. to complain, and they hung up on me. Yeah, no, well, it's no big shock. If you're, if you're not, you know what concerns me more is not so much the fact that they come up with all this idiocy in their in their political campaigns. What concerns me more is that when you try to have an honest argument against it, you're met with name calling and that complete denial. They well, won't, they you won't either. Admit, they won't even admit at this point that the media was wrong about when, the Mueller report. When you have facts, use facts. Mm-hmm. When you don't have facts, you yell and pound the table. And that's what they're right. doing. And yeah. here's the thing about the electoral people that pay attention. Well, you lie and twist the facts, which is what they're doing. Yes, but listen, most people can see through it. Most people are beginning to see through it. Well, for because Hillary Clinton to sit there and give it, be given a platform on her blessed assurance and say that the election was rigged and stolen against, stolen from her, shame on that lion wench. Well, first of all, it's her event that people are paying $2 a ticket to get in to see. <laughs> okay. I wish I could have gone. <laughs> and, $2 and, a ticket. Yeah. I and, and I, Listen, I'm going to tell you how she's able to set up there. She she would make the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz look nice. Yeah. But in, in all seriousness, Hillary Clinton, much like if you go back and look at the contested races, okay. If you go back to night, if you go back to 1960, when Richard Nixon was going against Kennedy. You realize that that election was by 600 votes. Okay, most people don't realize that. <clears throat> and Richard Nixon had a case, a very strong case, mind you, for a recount, but he didn't. He said, "You know what? The country doesn't need this. Let's get behind the president and let's support him." He did. Okay, and coming out of coming out of that, let's go into the year two thousand. Okay, some of y'all may have heard there was an election issue back then, and uh, we have never seen we we had never seen dirty politics until the thirty seven days. Those 37 days, I saw more nastiness in politics um, at that time than I'd ever seen. And the true character of Democrats truly came out. Well, when the Supreme Court gave their ruling, which, by the way, the ruling that made Bush president was 7-2. to two. Most people only talk about the 5-4 decision, but there was a 7-2 to two decision that actually made him president. The 5-4 decision didn't really matter. It was the seven to two decision that was key, and Al Gore became very bitter. He to this day talks about having elections stolen from him. Oh God! And so then you move into Hillary, and her argument is, well, millions more people voted for me than voted for him. Well, what's your point? Well. The Electoral College is what it is. This Our country was never a democracy. Our country is not designed to be a democracy. A democracy is a majority rule country. Our country is not designed that way. Our country is designed that on election day, we have 57 different elections. Whoever wins the most of the delegates from those 57 different elections become president of the United States. Because on December the 15th of that same said year, all of the electors get together, have some wine, 
and say A or nay. And that's the end of it. That's how it was designed. We were designed to be a republic and give equal representation to all states. Okay? Hence why the Congress, the House side, is for the people, and the Senate side is for the states. But Democrats didn't like it, so they had to change it to where the Senate became an elected body by the people. Because while it was the states doing the elections, Democrats couldn't hold the chamber. And much to today, if it were the states still picking it, guess how many Democrats there'd be in Congress? Not well, near as many. Democrats do this every time they lose. Well, they're they're trying to legislate everything. They want districts redrawn based on judges that have been appointed by Democrats. It's anyway. It the I'm going to tell you how this is going to play out because this is another case getting ready to come up to the Supremes. One of the things that the Supremes do not like to do, they don't like it at all, is to get involved in redistricting. Okay. They're going to say that that's the job of the legislature, and the Constitution says so, and that the legislature can draw the districts however the hell they want to. Okay, Tom DeLay. There was an issue with Tom DeLay in Texas, and Tom DeLay won his case. So the 19 enumerated powers were here for a reason and that was to check Congress. They left two vague ones, which, you know, I have to think that the the Founding Fathers never in a million years dreamed that the United States would become what it is today. I think if the the 59 uh, individuals were to be alive today, they would shake their heads and be like, what the hell have we done? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. I think I think great. most of them I think most of them would like most of history and most of what we've stood for. But I think beginning in 2008, I think Obama would get a big old bitch smack. <laughs> now, having having said that, um I know the 19 enumerated powers are pretty dry, but if people have a rudimentary understanding of how the constitution works, then they can begin to understand when their government is overstepping their bounds and when the government gets out of line. And I think that... I'm sorry? I said it's been that way for a while now. Well, you have to... You have to continue to educate people because there's not a big push on it right now. And sadly, you know, there are some good things happening in this country. There are some bad things happening in this country. President Trump, for for whatever he, he's done in his past, for whatever he's done in his past, I'm judging him based on what he's done since January 20th when he took office. And I'm going to tell you, I got to give him two thumbs up. I'm I'm pretty happy with what he's done. I hope we get an immigration deal worked out. I hope we get the wall built up. I hope we can put those issues to bed and begin to move forward. Well, for what it's worth, I will share this. Uh, I was on a Facebook post today that had a very, very large group of responding people from none other than uh, the support of the Cruz campaign. Um and they came out from They shared how they felt about the circumstances, and then they came out for Trump. In other words, they said that they were relieved to see that everything has been accomplished that has been accomplished. There is a whole lot of what's been accomplished that was in the Cruz playbook. A perfect example, two examples, right off the cuff, and that's ending the Iran deal and... Um, Oh, um, moving the Jerusalem, uh, the 
the, um, oh, for heaven's sakes, the embassy to Jerusalem and declaring it the capital of Israel. Let's just go ahead. Those things were all part of the the Cruz campaign, and there are other things, but he has definitely, um, I I believe he's worked with, in, in fact, the word on the streets, is that uh, Mr. Cruz was also spied on? Just so you know. Well, let's let's go ahead and just set the record straight about the Iran deal. Um, Trump come out and said that was a bad deal, and if he were ever elected, he would do away with it. So Trump owns that one. As far as moving officially, United States saying it in words, the embassy to Jerusalem. Um, yeah, I'd say Cruz. Uh, Cruz pushed that one a little bit. But the one thing that people need to realize is that the United States has always had offices in Jerusalem. Just the mm-hmm. official office for paperwork purposes has always been Tel Aviv. The Israeli government has always operated out of Jerusalem. So other than it being put into words and Trump building a new building, I think he does that just because he's a builder. But uh, another issue that that's come up, and, and a lot of never Trumpers are, the, you know, there's still a bunch of never Trumpers out there. There's still some people butthurt over the, oh yeah, uh, over the primaries and how they were handled, whether it be at the convention, whether it be beforehand, whether it be the attacks. You know, um, I'll give Senator Cruz this. Um, He's he's been the bigger person. He's he's come out. He's done what he had to do for his district. Trump went down there, won him re-election. So you know, Trump returned the favor. And I will tell you, and nobody, anybody can take this however you want. But without Trump going to Texas right before election day, Cruz doesn't win re-election. He doesn't. That that was a razor thin margin, you know, yeah, the numbers kind of belied a little, but Texas is transforming because Texas is getting a lot of liberals moving into it. And the sad thing mm-hmm. is, is they don't like these liberal policies, but they keep moving into liberals, or they keep moving into Republican states with their liberal ideology. And it's Yeah, well, there's, of, there's billboards down there that point blanks tell them that they uh, don't try to come here in California or Texas. So while Austin is a large Democrat, has a large Democrat following, and I'm sure that um, there are a lot of people that are working very diligently in the Democratic Party to try to turn Texas blue, I think they're going to have a struggle with it because the people in Texas are not stupid. They're very smart. They, They see firsthand what's going on at our borders. And they they don't like it. Texas has already... I look for a lot of the people, too, that wind up coming into the country, um, you know, and, and not, I don't mean as refugees or whatever, but I mean as those who came legally, are they're standing for Trump. The Hispanics, they're all... I mean, why would they not... There's uh, Candace Owens is pulling a lot of the black vote into the fold. Um, then you have, I'm trying to think of the fellow's name that does the walkaway campaign. He's bringing people from the LGBTQ community over. So the Democrats are, are desperate. That's how they all appear to me. Democrats. all the way down through all of them that are running. They all come across the way Beto talks when he does his campaigning, the way um, Elizabeth Warren is handling herself, they all seem desperate. And then Joe can't even remember who's in charge of England. Well, you've got, well, you you have, here's kind of how politics works, okay? Politics tends to change every generation. You have a generational shift, usually it takes generation, generation and a half, and, and you'll basically come full circle. Texas has been red, uh, which, by the way, why they changed Republicans from blue to red, I'll never know. But in 1980, just so those of you that are students of history know, 
the Republicans were blue and the Democrats were red. And then in 1984, for whatever reason, Republicans were blue and Democrats were red. Maybe President Reagan didn't like red, I don't know, or blue, I don't know. But And then it's been that way ever since. But Texas changed in 1980. 1980 was the transformation of Texas going to Republican, and it's managed to stay that way ever since. Texas was the shift. It was the icebreaker that started moving the South from that old-time Civil War Democrat into the what we call Republicans today. And so... We're in for some fundamental shift, whether it's an ideological shift or not in Texas, I don't know. Uh, But we will see some shift in Texas. Is it enough of the blue to come in and change it fundamentally? I don't know. We'll see. But um, It's also important to remember that globalism was the way that funded um, a record amount for Beto O'Rourke to run against Ted Cruz. I don't, I don't, I don't, listen, and it was through gobu.com, which is the money. actually owned and managed by, it's based out of Boston, Massachusetts, and it's owned and managed by a billionaire in in Great Britain. So there's globalism know. that's everywhere trying to fund all these elections. Jeez, this, this isn't a surprise. It happens. It's happening. If you dig deep enough, you'll find anything you're looking for. I don't need to dig. It doesn't matter to me the amount of money gets funneled in. At the end of the day, what matters to me are votes. Who voted? Why did they vote the way they voted? And what is their history of voting? That's what I care about. I don't care about the money. The money doesn't win the election. The reason that Ted Cruz had the had the um, you know had had what he had against him and very possibly could have lost the election was all of that money coming in and all the people with their hands standing wide open waiting for it. Well, first okay, of all, Listen, stop, stop, stop. Listen. First of all, aren't you the one who said that money is what what is necessary to win elections? Nope. I say money is necessary to run campaigns. I didn't say anything about it being necessary to win elections. What I say is that it takes money to run a campaign. Can I run one without money? I can run one without money. But here's the deal. Let's just face it. Number one, Ted's not well liked in Texas. That hurts him right off the road, just not. I don't okay. know where you get your information, because I know plenty of Texans that... I know you're not really on target, but that's okay. That, that argument can be saved for another day. Well, first of all, I'm always on target when I mention political numbers. I'm always on target, because I don't ever say it unless I have it fact up. Okay. He has a core base in Texas. His core base is 22% of the voting block of Republicans. 22, that's it. That is his diehard, hey, I'm voting with Cruz all the way through. 22%. Beto's number? So he was a lot worse off. Now, then you have the Republican bunch, and there's a lot of Republicans that don't like him. He doesn't come across a lot of ways that people relate to. As a matter of fact, he is called on the Hill. His his reference by most of the pages, they call him a snake. That, that is what they call him. Again, not going to argue the point, just simply going to say that Ted has his own cross to bear. And if there was a different candidate, the whole different makeup, it may be a landslide for Republicans. But what I see in Texas is that there is a fundamental shift going to the left. Now, whether that's age demographics, whether whatever, I don't know. I haven't looked that far into it. But on likability... In your own party, he was at 22. Okay, that's an issue. Now, in 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 primaries, and and everybody takes stock of this because this is you saw this play out in what they call closed states versus open states. Okay, in closed mm-hmm. states, you see a base, a group of people that they show up for elections. Oklahoma, okay, is a closed state. Uh, 
as you all recall, Oklahoma almost by every county went for Ted Cruz. Okay. Now, why is that? Because Ted Cruz, rightfully so, rightfully so, uh, appealed to the evangelicals. Okay. At that point, when the Oklahoma, when the Oklahoma election was happening, uh, a lot of evangelicals were going towards Cruz. A lot of independents, people that didn't necessarily classify as an evangelical, going towards Trump. Okay, in a closed primary system, you can't do that. So independents, where Trump got heavy numbers, couldn't vote. Where Trump will get heavy numbers this time, in a lot of closed states, you're going to see. I know there's one that's decided to challenge Trump, and I know Kasich is just going to try to. Um, you'll see them do well in closed primary states. You're breaking in up. Open, in open primary states, it won't even be close. Because independents can vote. Anyway, all right, so to close out the program, everybody on the call, uh, that, let me see who all's on here so I know if anybody's muted. I'll li- leave several come in and cause problems. Okay. So here, one of the things that, that we've talked about in the past have been conspiracy And we all have them. We all have a section of, you know, something within our government or something that goes on that, that we feel is hid from us. So I'd like... Uh, looks like let's see of our of our panel. There's four of us. I'd like each person to what they feel is a conspiracy that didn't either doesn't happen exactly as it's been said to happen. Did happen, uh, but it's denied or otherwise. And we're going to pick one of them and we're going to do a show on it. So. Barbara, you go first. Breaking up real bad. I didn't hear half of what you just said. Yeah, you are. Well, it was chopping in and out a bit. Am I still chopping in and out? No, you seem to clear up, but then when you start talking about the serious stuff, then you start it's <laughs> starts crackling again. All right, you just cut out. So it must it must be the VOIP system of TalkShoe. Um, conspiracy theories. Pick one that is a conspiracy theory that you believe about the United States, and we're going to pick one and do a show on it. We may do a show on all yeah. of them. Who knows? Yeah, I believe yeah. it's true. Yeah. Oh, God. Whether it be, whether it be, um, I'd prefer y'all stay away from Kennedy and that mess because we will not be talking about that one. Um, <coughs> Robert Kennedy. Well, I was going to say that's a big red, big red flag right there. Yeah, we ain't going to be talking about Robert either. Oh, God. Well, Robert Jr. and John are off the table. All right. You can use them as your conspiracy theories, but just know I will not be participating in any show done on them. Okay. Well, I've got one for you. And it's the big turn. Hang on, it's it's Barbara's turn. Hang on. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, I thought you were having a tough time coming up with something. I'm sorry. Well, everything I said, you shot down, so... Um, Hillary Clinton. What about her? Her conspiracy that, you know, um, what is she hiding? Why did she destroy those servers? Why did she destroy the Blackberries? Why did okay. she delete 33,000 emails? But does that, does that fall under a conspiracy theory? We know why she deleted them. <laughs> okay, I'll write yours down. I'm writing it down. God. 
All right, boss lady, you're up. I'm probably getting a message that says, don't don't call on me. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> okay, well, text it to me then. I know she has conspiracy theories. Dun, 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 dun. All right, Jill, yours. I was going to say, I could think of two that we could that we could discuss. One is his a little older, and then the other is um, more recent. Okay. But the first one is a three-part series, so that you're going to have to include, you know, all three. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, my first one is um, the Trilateral Commission. The Bilderberg Group, yep. Bohemian Grove. <laughs> okay. That's the first one. This, those are the three that go together, if you know what I mean. Okay, and the second one is Q. Yep. In uh-huh. fact, I have a picture to send y'all when we get off the phone tonight. I got this is from the from uh, let's see, uh, compliments of my um, first cousin out in California. Apparently, there was a military base that did a little uh, uh, fun in the sky. Okay. What? I got a picture to send you. I didn't expect any of this. I thought we. You say Jew? I said Q. Q. I I know. Q on. I know what she means. I don't. All right, okay. and boss lady. And I don't necessarily look at that as a, as a conspiracy theory. I look at that as the good guys. To be honest with you. Although I think it's a little off the. I think it's there's some some in, involved characters that are a little off the cuff. In a big well, way. Well, the boss lady says big pharma. Yeah. Well, well that would be a good one to to discuss because I mean I don't think that's conspiracy though it's reality. <laughs> well, no, I I agree. I think there's I think there are I think there are behind the scenes stuff. I think there there oh, is. I, would agree. I, I I think there is a conspiracy. It may not be the whole aliens in the sky, or we keep aliens at Area Fifty One, or well, that would be another one you could write down. The fun, the fun <laughs> one. Reporting on that on Fox. <laughs> there are people that believe that there are aliens that are actually living in a mountain, you know, out in the west. You know this, right? Well. I'm serious as a heart attack. <laughs> but the Elvis. No, he did. Oh, and there's too the government mind control. <laughs> That's actually true. There's there's no there's no ifs about that. That was a program done by the CIA in the late sixties, early seventies. And re, do you remember I wanna say this was like within the last year there was, and it, we were using a different format. Of course, we talked to you at a different format at the time. And I, rec- I distinctly recall there was a girl that came onto the internet, you know, the chat room, and was, and she ultimately got on the line and was talking about some of this stuff and how it had been done to her. You remember that? Yes. Huh. Okay. I tried to get, I tried um, to get her back on the program. Uh, after I had, you know, I'd looked into some of her claims and and what she had said, and I tried to get her back on the program, and she would not, um, because she wanted a list of my, she wanted a list of questions. Well, she wanted a list of questions uh, that I was going to ask up front, and that I couldn't deviate from any questions. She would provide the answers ahead of time, and. Uh, that ain't how I roll, buddy. Oh, nope. 
um, this just in, um, one student. Yeah, you would died. much rather put people on the spot. <laughs> say what? <sighs> one What'd you say, Barbara? Has died. One student has died today after that school shooting. The Colorado shooting? Yeah. <sighs> it's sad, really. Yeah. Was that at the university? What? Was that at the university? You're talking about that that dark-haired guy no. that was arrested? No, I'm talking about the Colorado high school shooting today. I wasn't aware that that happened. Yeah, they got two. My grandson's had a baseball game, and I didn't wasn't made. When did when was it announced? Hours right, ago. Well, yeah, a couple. It was right before school would have let out there. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, yeah, this, I would this, have them by that point. I pick them up on just, Tuesdays, four days a week. So this just, this just cool. crossed the wire. So. Well, they're going to... I'm gonna, surprised they're not still reporting on it. Well, I, I think we're... Then you we're, got I, Cory Booger. Uh, what's he Corey doing? Booger. Oh, he wants... Um, to jail people who won't turn in their guns. I I tweeted to him and I said, "Come on down south, honey child, and try it." <laughs> he wants yeah. what with the, with the guns? He wants to put he wants to put people in jail who will not turn over their guns. Ooh, yeah, but that's what that, that dude from up in Indiana said, too. Or maybe it wasn't him. Maybe, no, it wasn't him. That was that Swalwell guy, the character that supposedly was running. He's in the oh, group. And Cory Booger has not got the backing to be in the first debate. Poor Cory. Well... <laughs> Are you? Yeah, are you, so many. I think it's. I think it's 170 thousand or something like that. What debate is it? That you get included in the first debate. Yeah, but who who's they doing the debate? They just announced that the first debate's coming within the next month. Who made the rules what, for the what, debate? Oh, I don't know. I guess it was the DNC. But that's what I heard. Yeah, I'm sure it was the DNC because they're the ones that banned Fox from having any of the debates, hosting any of them. Yeah, but Fox is getting back at them. Fox well, I'm I'm trying to think if I, I'm trying to think if Fox really cares. No, because Fox I think really I think care. I think they're finding out that that Fox's town halls <laughs> are doing much better than. <laughs> Anything that any of these other networks yeah, are doing. I think, I think tomorrow they're talking to that Amy, whatever her name is from Minnesota. I thought she was New Mexico. I thought she was uh, North Dakota. No, I thought it was Minnesota. Well, I'm pretty I sure knew. she was. <laughs> Maybe she is Minnesota. Uh, well, listen, nobody's. Uh, I'm just going to tell you right now. One of the things that that pollsters are finding, and why nobody's learned this lesson since 2016, is that Trump voters don't tell who they're voting for. Right. Well, that doesn't make sense. No, oh, no, it does to me. Are not telling people they're going to vote for President Trump. Well, hey, we found it to be true in 2016. Uh, That's one of the things I kept telling people. Sure like, they kept talking about they kept talking about the exit polls and whatnot. Yep. Exit polls in years past have proven to be extremely unreliable. Yeah. Yeah. They brought up the other day who was they were talking about John Kerry in 2004. 
Well, listen. We knew. We knew those exit polls weren't true because what Democrats had done, and they've done it consistently ever since, what Democrats do is they get people to go to the polls at a certain time so that the exit polling data shows that there's this very large number coming out to support your candidate. Okay? And it's a tactic that they've used. Plus, and I always tell people this, don't worry about Republicans showing up. They're going to show up to vote. They're at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, even even your tried-and-true Southern Democrats like President Trump. Okay? I'm just telling you right now, I know this to be fact because I'm around one quite often. Okay? Mm-hmm. And... They love President Trump. Yeah, well, you know, when you got people that are going around saying they're going to revoke the tax cut, they're going to, you know, take more so of I, the money. One of the arguments I, I've never been able to understand is how they feel that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, and people are buying into it. I, I, I just can't fathom how people are so stupid that you want to you want to give the government more money you want medicare for all okay well you know it's going to cost 31 to 41 trillion dollars over 10 years and we collapse unconstitutional oh that's all right that's okay that's okay we'll end up like venezuela well I, i will leave you all i will leave you all with this thought okay it's unconstitutional, dang it. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just no two ways about it. They I'm going to leave you. The government doesn't have to write the first crap on us. This is I'm the gonna... thing. How much liberty are you willing to give up? Because I'm not anymore. I'm at the end of my road. I reached the end of my road. I'm, I'm going to put it. Any more liberty. They can I'm... say whatever they damn well want to say, and I'm going to live my life the way I see fit. Well, I'm going to put it like this, and then I'm leaving. Okay. If it's unconstitutional for Medicare for all, it's unconstitutional for Medicare and Medicaid. And that's just the way it is. You can't have one without the others, and you can't have the others without the one. You well, can't say okay, one part's illegal and the other part's not. Because people willingly having, agreed that they would buy having, into that insurance policy. It was not, I didn't. It was not sold to the American public but, as a government fits all. Having having said that, remember, you've got to stand two for something. Two different animals. You've got to stand for something or you fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them. We wouldn't be able to do what we do. Thank the families of soldiers for without them. We wouldn't have an all-volunteer army. On behalf of Ragtag Patriots and their board of directors, I'm the political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.